Being an artist is the most incredible gift. The divine expression of your soul, the bone-crushing rejection, the drinking before noon. It's easy to forget why you love doing this. I'm here to help remind you. Join me each week as we dig into the practical and spiritual mindset and manifestation tools you can use to finally get out of your own way and do what you came here to do. The art you want to make is only being blocked by the bullshit stories you've inherited about what's possible for you. In a sea of no's, you're about to become your biggest yes. In a town of it's who you know, you are the one worth knowing. When they say they need a name, you say your own damn name. I'm Kelly Warren, and this is Another Take. Hello. Welcome to the very first episode of Another Take. I am your host, actor, and certified life coach, Kelly Warren. I hate the term life coach. It is such a punchline in pop culture. It sounds like it's not a real thing, but I tried on some other names like success coach, mindset mentor, Amal Clooney, but none of those seem to really stick. So besides nobody's laying awake at night thinking, you know what? I need a mindset mentor. We're all like, what the actual fuck am I doing with my life? So I'm okay with sticking with life coach. Sure, people in my life have called me many other things behind my back, so the title is kind of irrelevant. A little background about uh, how I found my way to coaching. A few years ago, I was in a space where I just kept hearing offhand comments from people in my life about how there are all these things they wanted to do, but they just never got around to. Like, oh, I've always wanted to learn Italian or run my first 5K or go for a better job. And I thought, why aren't we doing these things? We are more than capable of so much more than we are willing to allow ourselves to think we are. So I created a Facebook group called 90 Days of Happy. It's archived now. Don't try and join it. <laughs> and it was uh, essentially a container for people to finally start taking real steps forward on the things they kept talking about doing. It's a lovely group of people. I honestly looked forward to jumping in there every day and giving support and cheering everyone on. And I remember so clearly, I was doing stand-up at a festival in Chicago. And I came back to my hotel room and checked in on the group. And someone had made a post thanking me for starting this thing and how valuable it was to them. And I fully did that thing that happens in every dramatic movie that I scream at the TV that no one ever does that in real life, wherein I slid to my knees in the middle of the floor and started to cry. It just felt so good to be doing something that I genuinely enjoyed that allowed me to show up more fully as myself and do something of value that was actually impacting other people. And I had never really experienced that feeling outside of performing. So I thought, whoa, is there a way that I can make this my day job? Because I certainly never feel this way when I'm bartending. So I got uh, my coaching certification in several modalities and started my business under the name Vital Crayon which is an anagram of the word clairvoyant, which I love because a clairvoyant has a clear vision of an inevitable future that no one else can see. And to me, that completely encapsulates the path we're all on as artists in both our creative work and our life in general. Side note, if you ever want to start a business that isn't your own name, good luck to you. I went through every word, every combination of words about being an actor, dreaming, manifesting, everything was taken. I thought, ooh, red dwarf would be perfect because I have red hair. Totally natural. Mom, you be quiet. 
And it's the name of a literal star. And I was like, oh, nope, that already exists. And they sell camera equipment. I took French in high school, so I started looking shit up in French. Ah, devenir, to become. That's something. Yes, it is something. It is a website that deals with investment accounts. And then I got really excited about Hollywood Holistic. I was like, oh, that is perfect because I take a mind-body-spirit approach. Hollywood Holistic is good. It is good at selling marijuana, as that is a dispensary in Los Angeles. So I highly recommend you go Anagram if you're ever struggling to come up with a name for something because everything already exists. It's fabulous too, though, because it puts things together in a way that your logical thinking brain never would. So it forced me to step outside of the energy of the problem of having to think up a name and be willing to look at it from a different perspective that I never would have considered before. And that is what allowed the solution to reveal itself. So in a nutshell, I basically got life coached by a word jumble. Hey, you know, the lessons, they come from anywhere and everywhere, people. Now, in an ideal world, I believe that all of us would be passionately pursuing the things we love with joy and ease. So how come in the real world, particularly for people in the creative fields, that seems to be such an elusive thing? There are many factors at play here, but in the interest of time, I'll touch on three of them today and go into a little more depth, and then we'll hit the others throughout our time together over the coming weeks and months. So the first thing is, we are operating from a belief system that we essentially did not choose for ourselves. As kids, we are little sponges absorbing everything around us and the rules for life that we are taking in from our parents, teachers, environments, it forms the basis of our worldview as adults. And the first seven years of your life are the most important from a developmental standpoint. There's a famous quote, I've seen it attributed to both Aristotle and St. Ignatius Loyola. So sorry, guys, you can duke it out in the afterlife for credit, but we'll go with Aristotle here because... Poetics is kind of a big deal in the drama realm. And the quote is, give me a child until he is seven and I will show you the man. Because for that first chunk of your life, your prefrontal cortex hasn't formed yet. That doesn't even fully develop until around age 25. And the prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that is responsible for filtering information. So if you have no filter, all of the information that comes in in the form of attitudes and beliefs of the people around you gets taken in and downloaded into your subconscious as absolute truth because you have no way of qualifying it. So if you uh, grew up in a household where your dad said that rich people are hoity-toity, seven-year-old you doesn't have the framework to question that and be like, huh, you know what, Mike? I actually don't think that's absolutely true. Also, what is hoity-toity? Also, I would like some candy. Make it happen, Carol. Those are not my parents' actual names. Those are the Brady Bunch parents, just for the record. But then it's no wonder that you grow up and then you have a limiting belief around your ability to become wealthy because your subconscious mind is afraid that if you get rich, other people will think you're hoity-toity and you're not even aware that any of this is happening. And on top of that, society has gifted us with all of these ideas about what being an artist entails. Starving artists, I fucking hate that. Who started that? And yet we all know that phrase and in many cases have bought into this romantic ideal of suffering for our art as being some noble rite of passage when it's bullshit. You do not have to be poor to be a real artist. It's so hard to break into Hollywood. It absolutely is, if that's what you believe. And most of us do. I remember when I used to wait tables in the theater district. I live in New York City. And every table would ask, so are you an actress? 
And I would say, yeah, yeah, I am. And then they would give me the side to side head shake. It's such a hard business. And this is coming from someone who's not even doing it. And that's getting put on me. And then they say, well, good luck. That weird inflection on the end, like, mm, doesn't actually sound like you think I have a snowball's chance in hell of making it, Bernice. So can we just cut to the part where you order the cop salad with everything on this side? Thanks so much. A lot of you, I'm sure, had parents who weren't exactly thrilled with your decision to get a degree in drama. But nothing actually means anything except the meaning we assign to it, and by extension, what that says about us. Our subconscious is driving 95% of our actions based on programming we installed years ago. But the cool thing is, we can change it. We can actually rewire our brains and create new neural pathways that automate new thoughts and beliefs that actually serve us and move us closer to our goals, which is endlessly fascinating to me and quite wonderful, honestly. The second thing that's making us all miserable is we have taken a profession that, in order to be any good at it at all, (laughs) requires us to tap into the depths of our internal well of feeling and create at a soul level and then made all of the benchmarks for its success external. The quality of the work, the process of creating, the doing it for the sheer love of doing it has been replaced by outcomes. We are artists only to the extent that our outcomes reflect that back to us. This is where we start freaking out about shit that we have absolutely no control over, when we could be using that energy to make art. You want to be a miserable actor? Bitch about how you're not getting enough auditions. You want to be a joyful actor? Walk out of that audition room with the knowledge that, hey, I got to do my art today. Even if it was five minutes and the guy was eating a sandwich, I showed up and shared my gift and was grateful for the opportunity to do so. And then when I go to bed at night, you know what? I have the knowledge that I spent today doing what I was put here to do. There was a lot of hubbub on uh, screenwriter Twitter a few months ago because a certain problematic celebrity was entering several amateur screenwriting contests and winning them. Now, do I think this person should have done that? Of course not. That is absolutely ridiculous. These contests are clearly not meant for him. He's a douche. But the energy that you're using to scream about it on Twitter is energy you could be putting toward making your script so fucking undeniable that the competition becomes irrelevant. I can't help but think back to that scene in one of the indisputably greatest films of our time, Center Stage, when Donna Murphy reminds O'Saldana that no matter what happened in class, performance, Last week, five minutes ago, if you come back here, you'll be home. And she taps the ballet bar. Shout out to Donna Murphy, by the way. Shout out to anyone involved in any capacity in Center Stage, because holy shit, that movie's incredible. Connecting your external goals with a deeper why will really help with this too, because when it gets hard, you can remember that underneath all this surface stuff, there is a more meaningful purpose you can tap into and focus on to take some of the pressure off this specific thing you've attached all this meaning to. There's an exercise called uh, Seven Levels Deep you might be familiar with in the personal development space that speaks to this, wherein essentially you take this thing you want to achieve and keep asking why that thing is important to you seven times until you arrive at something much less tangible. So I'll do it for you right now. I'll run one of my dreams through it so you can see how it goes, and then you can do it yourself. Okay, so one of my dreams is to be a series regular in a TV series. Why is that important to me? So I can have a job doing something I love. Why is that important? Because I want to jump out of bed every day excited about what I get to do. Why? Because I want to live my life with more joy. Why? 
because I want to make the most of my time here on earth. Why? Because I want to make an impact. Why? Because I want to show other people what's possible for them. Why? Because the world is a better place when people are lit up and doing what they came here to do. So see how we take this needing to have this very specific outcome of having a TV show and we drill it down. It's not actually the TV show that's so important. It's embodying my life's purpose in order to allow others to do the same and raise the collective consciousness of the planet. Holy crap, that is a much nobler goal when you think about it. And something that I can actually take action on that's in my control. How can I start embodying my life's purpose and be an example to others in my life now with no TV show? Starting a podcast to empower artists sure fits the bill there. No wonder it felt exciting to me when I stumbled onto the idea. It's fucking terrifying, but (laughs) exciting. And we can dig into all of that more as we go along. The other thing that's dangerous about using outcomes as the barometer for success is the big cosmic joke is that it's not actually the things we say we want that we're really after. It's the feelings we think having that thing will bring us. And if that's true, then we can take some power back here and get really clear on how we want to feel and get to work intending to feel that way more of the time now, long before the thing ever shows up. Because if you're already feeling that way, guess what? It doesn't fucking matter how long it takes. If you want to win an Oscar, it's not actually your lifelong dream to own a gold statue. It's the feelings of freedom and validation and fulfillment that you're really after. So how can you start feeling that way now? I want you to right now think back to that goal or outcome you said you wanted in the seven levels deep exercise and come up with three things you think getting that thing will make you feel and start playing around with how you can start making those feelings a priority in your day-to-day life right now. And they don't have to have anything to do with your career. So if it's freedom, cool. Maybe you can get your wife to entertain the kids for a couple hours on a Tuesday because you secretly used to love writing poetry as a kid and you want to start carving out time to do that. If it's validation, you can, I don't know, fucking wink at yourself in the mirror in the morning and say, good job, you're fucking doing it. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's whatever feels good to you. We want to start making these someday feelings, quote unquote, just your regular everyday feelings. And you can orchestrate that in some small way, regardless of what may or may not be going on for you career-wise. The last big umbrella that a lot of our suffering falls under that I want to talk about today is we don't trust ourselves to know what's best for us and then follow that. A big piece of that is a core belief of not being enough that we're operating out of subconsciously, like we spoke about earlier. And as a result, we give our power away to outside forces like agents and casting directors and acting teachers, and we just assume that everybody knows better than we do what's right for us, when how could they possibly know you better than you? I always like to joke, you see uh, like the inspirational quotes on social media that are some version of, tell me I can't do something and then watch me do it. And my whole life, it's been, tell me I can't do something and I will internalize that shit and take it as Bible for the next 25 years. In the fall, I kept getting these Instagram ads for a particular moisturizer, and it had like 500 five-star reviews on their website, and someone I know was raving about it on their social media, about how it completely changed her skin, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to turn my face into a baby's ass. We are talking soft, okay? So I bought this moisturizer that was way more money than I had ever spent on a skincare product before, and when I tell you, that cream did absolutely nothing. 
I noticed no difference in my skin at all. It made it a little red and even a little drier at times. That means it's working. Fuck off. It's not working. My face does not like this. It does not work. But, you know, I kept at it for the whole two months or so before it ran out because I was like, well, maybe my skin just needs time to adjust. No, it was a total bust for me. So I now know that no matter how many five-star reviews this thing has, or how many people I know who swear up and down it's the greatest thing in the entire world, there is nothing anyone could say that would make me buy this shit again. Because none of that matters when I know without a doubt, this is not for me. It's interesting to me that we're all such unique beings with vastly different strengths and ways of operating in the world, and yet... We tend to all be kind of doing the same things to move forward and then being surprised when they don't work for everyone. If you're an actor, they say, cool, do an agent mailing, go to casting director workshops, make your own work. And that's fine. All strategies work for some people. But the thing that you're doing that makes you cringe, but you're doing it because you think you have to, and -and so-and-so did this and now she's in a Coen Brothers movie is probably not the thing for you. When you shoot with the headshot photographer who kind of gave you the creeps but was voted best headshot photographer in some book who then sexually harasses you and the pictures look like ass because you're clenching your butt cheeks the whole time and it reads on your face, then we go, huh, should have listened to my gut on that one. As creatives, we purposely chose the less beaten path, the one with no particular roadmap, and now we're all somehow freaking out because turns out we really want the map. Tell me what the fuck to do in exactly what order so I can become a star and leave no room for chance or magic. There is no step-by-step perfect method to carving out a successful career. There is a perfect method for you, but the steps aren't going to be so clear-cut. And the things that feel like failures in the moment can turn out to lead to the thing that ends up moving the needle in ways you couldn't even have begun to imagine. Maybe actor A, we'll call her Kelly, decided she wasn't getting an adequate return on investment from workshops anymore, so she stopped doing them. And instead, she started a podcast, which somehow landed her a book deal, which became a bestseller that got optioned for television. And she gets to executive produce it, right? And star in it. Who knows? This is just off the top of my head. A random example. Completely random. (laughs) That's another way of doing it. But nobody in their logical actor brain is going to say, oh, wait, what if I did a podcast because that excites me instead of mindlessly submitting to everything on Actors Access four times a day? Just to be clear, my agenda with starting this podcast has nothing to do with my own acting career. I just wanted to show how two seemingly unrelated things could end up intertwining in the end. We don't trust ourselves to stray from the pack and do something that might feel good to us because we can't quite draw a straight line from that action to our dream. Mike Dooley has a great example in one of his books. I forget which one. I think it's Leveraging the Universe. I could be wrong. I think it's Leveraging the Universe, but... Anyway, he uses this example of a baseball player, and every time they go up to bat, they want to hit a home run, but they usually don't. And that's not the job. The job is to go up there and hit as many balls as possible, because we don't get to decide which ones are the thing that hit. I had a client once who was all bummed out because he booked a great part in a Netflix show, and then his part got cut. And he was so despondent about that being his shot and it being over, and I had to just remind him, then that wasn't your shot. You don't get to pick what role is your breakthrough. If that were true, somebody would have caught me singing a jingle with French fries on my fucking head in children's theater production of Ramona Quimby at age 22 and been like, yes, next Julia Roberts. It's so obvious we found her. All we can do is our best work with some semblance of joy because we actually have no idea what people are going to respond to or not. 
when I was doing stand-up, it would happen all the time. Some nights, the jokes I thought were kind of filler would get a huge laugh. Then my big tentpole jokes didn't hit as hard. I was at a festival in Boston once, and my second-to-last joke just killed. And I was up there like, oh, fuck, that's never happened before. Should I just end my set now? (laughs) And I actually should have, because my closer then didn't get as big of a laugh as the joke before. But we don't know. We don't know what people are going to like. So it's crazy to me that we are twisting ourselves into pretzels. Ooh, pretzels. Sorry, snacks distract me. (laughs) We're twisting ourselves into pretzels for some imagined idea we have about what people are looking for. And so we end up writing the script that we think will sell instead of the one that's on our heart. We take classes on what casting directors want as if they have one brain and all like the same things. Instead of walking in there, owning the room, and showing them who we are, which guess what? is exactly what they want. And P.S., back when I was doing a lot of casting workshops, it would happen time and time again in the Q&A section that a casting director would talk about their absolute non-negotiable do's and don'ts, and it would directly contradict what the person the week before had said. So guess what? Trying to cater to everyone else is just a fool's errand. That's why this podcast and the work that I do with people in general, it's not strategy work. It's not how to get an agent, how to get your script read, how to get into better rooms. There are great people teaching that successfully, and there's a place for that. But for me, none of that stuff matters if you're doing it from a place of anything other than profound ownership of self. This is about how to cultivate a level of self-worth you have never allowed yourself to embody before. This is about unwavering faith and your ability to pursue your potential every day in a way that feels aligned for you and feels good. Imagine that. We got into this business because it brought something out in us that brings us joy. Where along the way did we lose that? Look, real talk, on paper, I should have quit a long time ago. My resume is not exemplary of my talent, and there hasn't been the level of external validation I would have hoped for at this point. You know, something that tells me that this is what I'm meant to be doing, but I wake up every day and I think, fuck. I love being an actor. And until the day that ceases to be true, I'm going to be out here doing it. And that's my wish for all of you, too. Fuck. (laughs) Who had episode one and the which episode is Kelly going to cry on the podcast first pool? That's you. Congratulations. You get a T-shirt. What I want you to do is uh, you go into your bedroom, open the dresser drawer in which you keep your T-shirts, and inside you should see a T-shirt in there. Well done. I think we can call it there for now, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I just started an Instagram account, so come say hi. It's at Vital Crayon. Say hi to my mom because she's probably my only other follower at this point. (laughs) You are magnificent, and there is a place for you in this business. And if you need to borrow some of my belief in you for those moments when you don't have it, you got it. And we'll meet back here every Tuesday and celebrate the fact that we had the balls to answer the call another week. I'm so glad you're here. I can't wait to see where you go. Till next time. It is my absolute joy to be on this ride with you. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell your diary. Between apps, you can find me on Instagram at Vital Crayon and head to vitalcrayon.com for info on how you can start going deeper into this work with me when you're ready to level up. Thanks so much for listening. Now go be your bold, brilliant self wherever you're off to next, and I'll see you in the trenches.